Nation, have you heard about the Rocketbook? The Rocketbook has completely changed how I am able to find my notes. Last year, when I cleaned my office, I had accumulated 14 legal pads full of notes for the year 2020. Well, I cannot find anything in those 14 legal pads. The Rocketbook allows you to take notes in the same way you're used to, hand to pen to paper, and you can then scan that using their app and you can search your notes. You can go look for that last time you interfaced with that customer, put a few keywords in there and it will pop up. This is a complete game changer with how you take notes and especially with how you do account surveys. Go to our affiliate link, scalinguph2o.com forward slash rocketbook to get 15% off your first order of $20 or more. Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Trace Blackmore here, your host for the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Nation, happy 2023. How the heck did that happen? I am always amazed when a year goes by at the blink of an eye. I'm sure your year went by as quickly as it went by for me. And I hope last year gave you things that you are able to learn from and just knock out of the park this year. I always love January because it always reminds me of a new start. And I always try to finish the previous year strong. Some years are stronger than others, but each and every year, I make sure that I am learning from the previous year. Now, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to last week's episode. And for that matter, you can go to any January 1st week episode, and I'm always talking about that. I hope that you all take that first week of the year, if not the first month of the year, and reflect on what life has taught you and what you can do better this year. We talk about a bunch of things on the show. We talk a lot about how people are wired, and I'm naturally wired to complete tasks. There are other people that are wired to be with people. So it's not so much about that. However you are wired, whatever it is that you do naturally, learn from that and use that to just make 2023 the best year ever. Now, speaking of 2023, I am very excited that we have our first hang of the year. It's going to be January 12th. 2023, just around the corner. And of course, the hang is where we get together as a community, as the scaling up nation. And we talk about current events very briefly. But the cool thing is, is you get to talk to people within your industry, you get to network, you get to meet new people. And I cannot tell you how many times people have told me that they have met people on the hang that have solved a big issue for them. Somebody was having an issue with a large industrial water softener 
and they just happen to be in the group with somebody, that's all they did. They met offline after that initial meeting and what they were able to do was solve the problem completely. Now, this was an issue that this person tried everything that they knew in order to solve this issue. And this other person, that's all they did. That's all they worked with. That was their sweet spot. And they said, did you try this? And they didn't. And they tried it and it worked. And they actually got more business from it because that customer was so impressed because the next step was they had to totally replace the system because it wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing. Now it is, now they have a budget to do something else and they're in two other of their plants. Now that's one of the best stories that I have heard from The Hang, but there's so many others. And let's face it, our profession is a lonely one. And the fact that we can hang out with other people that understand what it is that we do, that is just cool. So if you want to learn more about The Hang, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash hang, and you can register for The Hang. It's going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, January 12th, and we're sure to have a great time. If you've never been to a hang before, all the information that you need is right there on that page. It's not very difficult. You're just going to register and then sign in when the time is right. And we always have a cocktail selected for the season. So if you want to make that, by all means, feel free. That is not a prerequisite at all. And there's always a mocktail version of that as well. Nation, I can't wait to see you on The Hang. And if you're coming to The Hang, I would love for you to bring a friend. So we all know how much I enjoy The Hang. The thing that I want to say that I enjoy the most is teaching. I just found a love for teaching, explaining different things that I know, and sharing that with other people. And there's so many other people that I know that enjoy the same thing. Well, here's the cool thing. The team here at Scaling Up H2O has now created Scaling Up H2O Academy. Yes, this is a place where you can log into and you can learn all things water treatment and many things business, just like the podcast. Anything that has helped me within my water treatment business is fair game to share with you on the Scaling Up H2O podcast. And we are doing the exact same thing with Scaling Up H2O Academy. So you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash academy, and you can see our ever-growing course catalog of water treatment knowledge and business knowledge. Now, the first thing that we have released is the CWT Practice course. There are so many people out there that want to get their certified water technologist designation, and maybe you just need a little nudge. Maybe you just need some sort of a barometer to see where you are so you can have the confidence to sign up for that exam. 
Most people just need a little nudge and normally a water treater that's been in the industry for five plus years, that's been studying, that's been listening to this podcast, that's been working with the people that know the most in their organization, the people that have been serving on AWT committees and going to technical trainings and experiencing water treatment and pushing themselves day after day, you're probably not going to have any issues getting your CWT. I have found, however, that many people have a confidence issue when it comes to taking the exam. It's very nerve-wracking. Now, everybody in your organization knows you're taking this exam and oh my gosh, what if I fail it? And by the way, my answer to that is so what if you fail it? I tell people all the time, it's not about passing and failing. It's about getting the experience because I promise when you get the experience, by the way, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So if you do not pass the exam on the first time, you now have the experience of everything you need to do to take the exam, you will be able to use that and prepare yourself to pass it the next time. I wanted to give everybody out there in the Scaling Up Nation an opportunity to get a little bit of a confidence boost. So if you go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash academy, you'll see some of the courses that we have come out with. But the course that we're talking about right now is the CWT practice exam course. And we actually have two options for you. So you might want to know what you're getting yourself involved in. So we have a free version and a paid version. Now, the paid version is inclusive of the free version. Now, what is the free version? The free version is everything that you need to know in order to get your CWT, what the CWT is all about, how many years experience you need, what you need to do in order to sign up for the exam, what study materials you need, all of that stuff. Basically, what we did is we took the CWT handbook and we just go through all of that. Now, included in that handbook are 10 practice questions that they give, and we go ahead and go through in the same style that we do in our paid course, how we go through those 10 practice questions in the exam handbook. So you get a little taste of what you're going to get inside the other course. So it's my hope that you are on the fence if you can take the CWT and you go ahead and sign up for this course and it gives you the boost of confidence to go and take it. And I have all sorts of tips that are in there. No magic bullets that's going to get you to uh, know 20 answers of the exam. Nobody can do that. So don't expect that here. But this is going to give you some tips that I've learned about standardized testing. It's going to allow you to see some logic and how you can train your brain to go through questions that you do not know the answer for and at least eliminate possibilities that are totally wrong. So now, instead of a four-choice series, you're now guessing from two choices. And I'm going to teach you how to mark 
that question because maybe you read something later and it's not going to give away the answer, but what it might do is allow you to think of the answer so that way you can go back and you can get that one right. So I'm sharing all of those tips in that course in addition to a 100-question practice exam that we've created that will allow you to see what type of knowledge you have, give you a taste of what to expect, and get you into the habit of using the tips that we teach to you to allow you to calmly rationally and logically read and decipher each and every question on the exam. So again, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash academy. And we are looking forward to releasing about two courses every month. Really excited about all the things that we have planned within the Scaling Up H2O team. By the way, if you have something that you want us to train on, we are developing that catalog right now. So just like I ask you to share show ideas, in the exact same way, share your course ideas. So if you want us to create a course around a particular topic, go to scalinguph2o.com, go to our show ideas page, and just let us know what course you want us to work on. We will put that in the queue, or maybe it will become part of another course that we are creating, but we want to make sure that we are serving the Scaling Up Nation. So help us with that. I'm so excited about that. And I'm so excited about today's guest. Our guest needs no introduction. I normally keep you in suspense and I don't announce the guest. It's James McDonald. We all love James McDonald. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Scaling Up Nation, here is our guest, James McDonald. My lab partner today is none other than the world-renowned James McDonald. James McDonald, welcome to the show. Hello there, Trace. Thanks for having me again. You know, you are a regular staple of the Scaling Up H2O podcast, and I can't tell you how much I love that because you were one of the first people that I called when I had the idea to do this podcast called Scaling Up H2O. Yes, thank you. I, I remember that day talking about it, encouraging you, thinking it was a great idea, and you you were the perfect person to start a podcast to help be the voice of industrial water treatment. Well, I appreciate all your encouragement. I've told on the podcast several times, somebody told me I should do a podcast. I said, what the heck is a podcast? And then I listened to podcasts for years, and I couldn't believe there was all of that valuable content out there for free that people were just you know, educating everybody else. And uh, you, like I, just enjoy educating in this industry. And it's such a great platform because most of the people are driving around from account to account. They've got plenty of windshield time. Why not listen to a podcast and learn more about your craft? Why not? Exactly. Well, James, I was so excited to see you were coming up on the podcast episode schedule. You've done a lot for Scaling Up H2O. We're going to talk about what you're going to continue to do for the Scaling Up Nation. But I wanted to start, before we got into those items, what have you been up to lately? Oh, you know, I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy the job I have. I enjoy the career I'm in, industrial 
water treatment, even though the world isn't knocking at our doors, asking for our help to to save the universe, we still are saving the, the universe behind the scenes. And I personally love that. And I get to work with the with the best people in the world as well. So, you know, I, I'm in a good spot, have been in a good spot for quite a long time. And just doing what I do at work, doing what I do outside of work with you and your podcast and what I do on social media and hanging out with with my family, my wife and my two kids. James, I'm curious, you give so much to the industrial water treatment community. I know there are people out there that ask me why I do it. I'm going to ask you, why do you do it? Yeah, there are those who, who try to see the dollar or or the praise or whatever and everything, you know, why are you doing this? What do you get out of it? And for me, it's as much of a calling as anything else. I feel like this stuff is in me and it has to get out in some form or another because if it helps me, it can help someone else. If it makes me better understand a topic, if it makes me laugh about what we do, then maybe someone else can also gain a better understanding or laugh of what we do. The other question people ask me is, you have a day job. How the heck do you have enough time to do all this extracurricular things? Yes. Well, I have quite the day job, and it is quite busy, and I have a team of people who support me in doing my day job. But in the back of my mind, as I'm doing my day job, is this other stuff. When something makes me laugh, when when I'm curious about something, when I see something I've not experienced before and I want to learn more about it. That's in the back of my mind as to what what are the other ways I can share what I've learned or enjoyed with other people. So then I come home in the evenings or quite oftentimes on a Saturday morning. I I, I record our little episodes I, I do for you, Trace, usually on a Saturday morning, or I'm sitting on the couch with my iPad in my lap and and drawing a comic or what have you. So even though we have day jobs, this is still in the back of my mind. And at nights and on the weekends, this is where it comes out of my fingers. It comes out of my, my lips to share with others. I love everything that you produce, and I can't wait for the next cartoon. How do you get those ideas? You're observant. You're looking around. You're listening. You're, you're thinking about your own experiences. A lot of my own mistakes are in those cartoons. A lot of the mistakes of those around me are, are in those cartoons. And you're just inspired by industrial water treatment. And, and Trace, you inspired at least one of them. I have one. It's comic number 88. And you always like to say a rising tide raises all boats. And I believe that wholeheartedly. But at the same time, I thought to myself, when is that not true? And so in this comic, I show up top your quote, uh, you, you like to quote, a rising tide raises all boats. I show boats on the water floating, happy as can be. But then under the water, there's still a boat down there hanging out, anchored to the bottom, kind of floating underwater. And you, you see someone saying, Captain, the tide is rising. I think we should let out the anchor a little bit more. And the captain answers back, absolutely not. This is how we've always done it. And I'm like, you know, if you don't choose to rise with all boats, you're not going to rise with all boats. You you can fight against it if you want to by saying this is the way we, we've always done it. And then the more astute observer of the cartoon was seeing the bottom right, this little sunken yellow boat um, in the corner called the USS Chromate. And poor Chromate could not change to rise <laughs> with all the rest of the boats. So, you know, if you just can't change or if you refuse to change, maybe you won't rise with everyone else. 
See, that is just so creative, the USS Crowmate. How do you come up with that? Right, right there. You know, I I grew up in the industry after Chromate was no longer used and I always heard about how wonderful it was. It was yellow. You can tell by just looking in the water if you had enough. You, it, it was biostatic. All these are wonderful things. So I've always been kind of jealous about Chromate because I couldn't use it in my industry. But at the same time, it is part of our past, not our future. And so I stuck it in the corner where it belongs. I love it. Uh, Aaron Brockovich, have you seen that movie? I have seen that, and she certainly made Chromate famous. <laughs> Absolutely. My wife took me to see that. I didn't want to see it, and it was all about Chromate and Cooling Towers. Best movie ever. James, one of the first things that you and I started collaborating on was Industrial Water Week. This was a holiday that you helped create. I say help create. You created it. You said, by golly, we are industrial water treaters. We are the superheroes of the world. We need our own holiday. And you said, we are so important. We don't just need a day. We need a week. And we just celebrated our fifth Industrial Water Week. Can you tell the Scaling Up Nation a little bit about, one, how it started and what you've seen over the last five years? Well, I created the spark, but it's been an entire group of us globally who has kept it going because it is more than just one person saying, hey, let's, let's celebrate. And so we st I started that, what, in 2018, was it the same year your show started? Is that right? Is that uh, We were in yeah. 17, I believe. Seven, okay. Yes, before that. But I started it because I, was, I had a long drive ahead of me, a 12-hour drive. And I've been thinking that this for a while, but just staring at the road and, and looking out there, and it, it was a, a distraction as, as well. I was just thinking, you know, we need to celebrate because there's Donut Day, there's Middle Child Day, there's Chemistry Week or Month, there's, there's even Houseplant Day, and there's World Water Day, but nothing for industrial water treatment. And we deserve something. And personally, I'm such a fan of what we do that I nowhere in my mind was one day enough. A month seemed a bit too long. You know, even my ego isn't that big, but a week seemed perfect. And we usually break up the categories of what we do in pretreatment and boiler and cooling and wastewater. But the week caps off with Careers Friday because we always want to encourage other people to join in what you and I do, Trace, and what the listeners out there do because we enjoy it. And why wouldn't more people want to do it as well? So it is pretreatment Monday, boilers Tuesday, and cooling Wednesday, wastewater Thursday, and Careers Friday. And we, of course, have celebrated that with you since the beginning. And the first year, it, it was a pretty good celebration. But you changed to last year. And oh, my goodness, that was fun. How have you seen it change from year one to year five? Yes, that's a part of the question you asked me before, and I forgot to answer. Yes, yes. How did I see it change? You're right. In, in the beginning, there were a few people who celebrated, but each year it's picked up. And it's not just people, it's companies as well who have got into it. And then this last year, year five, we had people, we had selfies, we had videos, we had your podcast, which thank you. You do five episodes in that week for it as well. You interviewed people who spoke about it. It really is a global event now. And I think people understand now that there's no one location because I, I guess I get asked that sometimes. 
where is it happening? And I'd reply back, well, where are you? Because it's happening where, wherever you are, it's up to you to celebrate. And sometimes we need an excuse to celebrate. We need an excuse to share what we do and an excuse to brag about what, what we do. And that's one of the many purposes that Industrial Water Week serves is gives us a reason and an excuse to trumpet to the world what we do. Because I like what we do, and I hope you all do too. I think my favorite tradition that I think you created, and now everybody's doing it, or so many people are doing it, is the industrial water treatment cake on Friday. Yes. Every year, I have a cake. Whether it's a sheet cake. One time, I got bunt cakes. I had a big bunt cake for the oxygen molecule and two smaller ones for, for the hydrogen molecules. You had the water cakes as well on there, and, and we made that. What did you think of that? We liked it. We, we made it and we ate it. I think ours was chocolate. I forget the, the recipe called for chocolate, but my wife put, put chocolate in it as well. And it was, it was delicious. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Rumor has it that was George Washington's favorite cake. Now that's nice, being tied into history. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was awful. <laughs> yeah, really? Well, I didn't make mine. My, my wife made it. And she's a great cook, so who knows if she maybe, you know, amped it up a bit. I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> so uh, we have that recipe on our webpage, and maybe we'll just continue putting that. I think people enjoy it. I heard one company had a rites of passage that when they hired somebody, they had to eat the water cakes. I just love stuff oh, like that. Funny. That is funny. I like that. A hazing. <laughs> <laughs> James, I believe that the Association of Water Technologies Convention and Industrial Water Week line up this year. They do. And I need to um, start reaching out and start to build those bridges even stronger to see if maybe they, they could align in other ways as well. Don't know what that could lead to, but it's a very happy coincidence. They could line up. And I kind of envisioned they would. I kind of invented this holiday, you know, the spark. I, I, I did the spark in January of that year. And then the first one was in October, like it always is, which I thought was a great transition period for whether it is in the Northern Hemisphere or Southern Hemisphere, less so around the equator, but a transition period between heating and cooling, wherever you are. And so I thought that that way, you know, boilers would be very relevant, cooling would be very relevant, but also knew the AWT convention was around there too. And I didn't look at the future calendars or anything like that, but I thought if it ever lined up, if the stars aligned, planets aligned, then that could only be a good thing. Well, Scaling Up H2O is the proud podcast of the Industrial Water Week entity, I guess. Uh, we we mm -hmm. take that very seriously. We try to keep everybody informed when it's going to happen, what they can do, how they should rally everybody around it. But if somebody wanted to learn more about it right now, what should they do? There is an Industrial Water Week website, and it's very easy industrialwaterweek.com. So go there, visit it, and learn from it, and make your plans now. It's never too early to plan. Never. And when should we be planning for Industrial Water Week this year? Yesterday. Today. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> what have I heard you say before? When is the best time to plant a tree? Yesterday. But, and the second best time is today. So That's yes, right. plant your Industrial Water Week trees now. 
So I always say that uh, at the end of Industrial Water Week, it's always great to get your decorations because they're half off for the next yes. year. And somebody yeah. actually wrote in and said, where do they sell Industrial Water Week decorations? <laughs> <laughs> James, what, what are the dates for Industrial Water Week next week, next year? Oh, or this year, sorry. Yeah, it is always the first full business week of October. And next year's, and I'm going to Industrial Water Week right now <laughs> because I forget the, the exact dates, man. That's why I you need put to it know there. them. Yep, that, that's why I, I put it there. And it is October 2nd through the 6th, so October 2 through 6 of 2023. And the AWT convention is October 4 through 6. So it is right smack dab in the middle of Industrial Water Week. Perfect. And it's a very personal holiday. You, you can make it a company holiday, an organization holiday, or just you. And you can do all kinds of things from posting your selfie in front of your favorite softener to posting questions to posting videos to uh, posting a picture of your Industrial Water Week cake. There's all kinds of things. You can use it as an excuse to offer training to your customers. Hey, hey, Mr. Customer, I want to I train you because it's, it's Industrial Water Week. Let's celebrate, you know. It can be celebrated in many ways. Well, as you mentioned, we have a show each and every day that week. So essentially, James, we love this holiday so much. We do more than a month's worth of show assets and put them all together within a week. That's how much we love this holiday. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for creating it. It's, it's one of my favorite things to celebrate. And one of my favorite things that we've done several times on the podcast is showcased your Detective H2O. I love Detective H2O. The Scaling Up Nation loves Detective H2O. And I want to talk about Detective H2O. Yes, Detective H2O. I, I love him as well. And, you know, I used to call that genre noir. But then I started re researching what that was, and it's not noir. That, that, that actually... The genre is called hard-boiled, which I thought is even more fitting, hard-boiled, you know, a, a writing genre with a detective. So, yes, Detective H2O. He kind of started where I used to work. I had a, a company newsletter I wrote, and um, um, I like to be creative in different ways. And I had in, in this little corner of the newsletter, and I have a little blurb, like a, a, a paragraph or something that kind of spoke in the hard-boiled kind of language about, you know, someone solving the the mysteries of water, you know, in steamy boiler rooms or whatever. And it, it moved on from there to I wrote my first one in on, on LinkedIn. And I've shared each one after that on LinkedIn. You, you can find all the stories on industrialwaterscience.com. There, there's a section there for, for Detective H2O. But there's, there's, there's some consistencies you may or may not have noticed in Detective H2O. At the beginning of most of the episodes where the phone rings, it always rings three times. He always answers on the third ring. And I like that because, you know, H2O is made, it's made up of three molecules and there's lots of threes in what we would deal with there. And of course, you know, he's happiest when it's rainy and stormy and lightning or, or, or what have you, thunder. He, um, he was kind of grumpy on one episode because it was just too light and springy outside until it finally began began to rain. You know, there are those things, but I just I just enjoy writing them and putting them together, and they're almost all based upon my own experiences as well. 
out there. So yeah, it's just a different way of thinking about what we do and using a different format and different genre to, to teach about what we do as well. Well, I had the great honor this year of being one of your guest stars on Detective yes. H2O. So first off, thank you so much for inviting me into that. That was fantastic. You are very welcome. And um, I loved ha having you in there. And and I didn't miss any of your hints on your podcast. When you name drop St. James, I'd love to be <laughs> on there. But no, <laughs> I didn't invite you because of that. I invited you because I, I, I want to pull in other people. Absolutely. And I so enjoyed editing you into that episode because you sent me your files. I did not listen to them before I started to edit them in. And so I heard each line right when I needed it. And I was I was laughing. I was smiling. I came out of, of my office and went to my wife. I said, you got to hear this. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so much fun. And um, it, I think it worked out perfectly. I, I really, really did. Each It was like opening gifts each time I opened up each file you sent me because it, just, it fit perfectly. So thank you for doing that. I think you texted me after the first, second, or third file, and you said it was like a Christmas present that you were opening up each one. I, I have to tell yeah. you, I didn't know if you were being sarcastic or not. No. <laughs> I was being 100% authentic. I really was. I, was. I was having the time of my life working on that episode. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So let's give the Scaling Up Nation a little peek behind that curtain because you and I did not riff back and forth. It wasn't that you gave me a line and then I played off your line and you played off my line. Uh, you wrote a script and you said, this is the part that I would like for you to do some voiceover for. Do it. And then I did that. You then took that and then you recorded yours. So uh, tell us about that process a little bit. I did. They were recorded 100% independently. I recorded mine without listening to yours, which probably is not what a pro would have done, but I don't claim to be a pro. Oh, thing. I didn't realize that. I figured you listened to mine and then you made it work. Nope. I, I recorded them separately. And I pieced them together, and I enjoyed as well, Trace. You didn't, you didn't read everything I wrote word for word. You had lived at times, and that just made it even better. It did. Well, I didn't know how you were going to feel about that. Sometimes I got a little carried away. <laughs> it was, it was fun, and and you you were a bit nervous, I think, about what accent you were going to use and what have you. And we went back and forth, you know, on that. And I'm like, you know, anything is, is going to work. Number one, we're giving this product out for free. So who can complain about that? And number two, I just knew it was going to work. And, and I think it did very well. It was so much fun. Where did the name Charlie Baxter come from? Sometimes I have logic behind them. Like I have a, a Mr. Muriatic, I think, in there in, in one story. And of course, our detective H2O, his initials are, are H2O, Herbert Henry Oxidane, I think it is. But Charlie Baxter, unfortunately, I don't have a good story behind that one. It just popped in my head. <laughs> well, there it is. And he, of course, is from Savannah, Georgia. And I really enjoyed doing that accent. I'm sure anybody <laughs> from Savannah says, please stop. But it was a lot of fun for me to do. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. And I didn't know any different. <laughs> James, what are some of the things you're working on for future Detective H2Os? And please tell me there are more in the future. There are more. They're in the back of my head. I don't have a script written yet. 
I do have a, another volunteer I, I, I may reach out to who's asked if maybe he could voice it as well. So I'll, I'll reach out to him. Um, but I don't have a topic right now to, to share. I have an Excel list. I use Excel for lots of things. And I do have an Excel list of, of different topic show ideas. But um, just going to have to wait to see which one pops out first, which one I get inspired. Because I, I have to be inspired to write them. I find if I make myself write them, the product is nowhere near as good as if that inspiration hits and I sit down and write it. How long does it take you to write one of those scripts? Hour two hours, and then, you know, I let it rest and I come back to it and edit it a few days later. But usually most of it's already written in my brain first as I'm thinking about it behind the scenes. And then it flows out almost totally fully formed at that point. It is one of my favorite things that you do of the many things that you do. And I love it because you and I are both fellow Trekkies and you based it off of Dixon Hill from Star Trek The Next Generation. That was, yes, I forgot to mention that. That certainly is is an inspiration with, with Captain Picard and its holodeck adventures. And Dixon Hill, yes. And that actually may be the biggest inspiration of them all. Other than growing up with a TV with two knobs and five channels and having to watch all the repeats of the black and white shows as a child and seeing many detective shows and then seeing that repeated in Star Trek. Certainly, yes, that reinforced that in my brain. Yeah, it's it's all connecting now. Thank you. Yeah, James, Star Trek, I get a lot of flack for. People are like, oh my gosh, how can you watch that? But it has such a fond childhood memory for me, and they're currently producing more in the Star Trek universe. I just absolutely love all things Star Trek. Yep. I'm there with you. I, I watched all, all the repeats of the original as a kid, and when 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 the next one came out, TNG came out, it was always a tussle between my father and me. He wanted to watch hee-haw, and I wanted to watch Star Trek. So sometimes he'd win, and sometimes I'd win. (laughs) The classic battle of hee-haw and Star Trek. I love it. Well, James, let's talk about some of the things that you've helped us with with the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Of course, the very initial conversation with James, should I do this podcast? And you gave me such great advice. But you did so much more than that. You have a regular segment each and every podcast. And you started out with James's challenge. Last year was Thinking on Water with James. So before we start talking about what we're doing this year, how did you get the idea for the original James's challenge? Well, the year before I did the James's challenge on the podcast, I did a series on LinkedIn and it was reading with James. And I started doing that because I made a a goal for myself that year, you know, in January that I wanted to read more about industrial water. And I thought, if I'm going to do it, why don't I take my LinkedIn connections with me on that journey? So I started sharing the articles I was reading online, free articles, and um, other folks read them too. So then when I got to the end of the year, I'm like, well, what am I going to do next? And I forget our conversation, how this started, but you're like, why don't we do a segment on your podcast? And so what would be next? And giving guys a challenge each week, do this, do that. 
make sure your, your lab kit is clean. Have you done a process flow diagram? Have you given someone a thank you note? Just saying, you know, a handwritten thank you note who, who really helped you out that day or, or that week. You know, 52 challenges across there. And then I moved on to, you know, what next for the next year for 2022. And, um, you know, I think a lot about water. Hopefully you guys think a lot about water too. So it was thinking on water. And all of these have a little with James in them or James's challenge or what have you. And either at first glance, you may be thinking that's to feed my ego and we all need our ego fed a bit. But the real reason I tell myself at least is like Trace mentioned, you know, there's a lot of alone time on the road. And I think to build a community and to nurture a community that personalities are needed as well. And Trace is a big personality who rides down the road with you every week, every Friday and, the, and, and thereafter. And you know, having someone else that you're on a first name relationship, perhaps me, helps as well, helps with, with our community. So I name each of these things with my name in there as well. I love that. And I want to ask you a question because when I experienced it, I, I had to I had to work through it. And what I'm talking about is at the AWT convention. And then when I go to other conventions, I'll get recognized for the Scaling Up H2O podcast. And people will come up to me. They'll thank me. Uh, I feel they give me way more credit than I deserve. Some people say they got their certification because of me. Well, no, they didn't. Maybe I created a spark, like you said earlier, but they did all the heavy lifting in that. But they are just so sincere, and they want to thank me for having this great career or something that they sold or something that they accomplished. And that was really difficult for me because I felt like I didn't deserve that. And I, I've spoken on several podcasts where I had to get out of my own head and they were trying to give me a gift and I had to think about them and I had to learn how to receive it. So I, I just thank them. And I really love those moments. So I don't want anybody to get me wrong. It's just I, we all have to get out of our own way to receive those things. I'm curious, that has to happen to you as well. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Can you give me a little bit of coaching so I can make sure I can help the people and give them what they need as they are giving me a gift? Well, Trace, I think you and I both give from our, our hearts. You're doing this podcast from your heart. I do these things from my heart. And it's deep and it's, it's, it's genuine what we're doing. And it is a little offsetting in the beginning. Um, understand how to take the kind things that people say to us. And really, it's the advice that you have given on the show before that's really helped me, actually, in that realizing that these people are giving back to you from their hearts as well. And that taking that, smiling, saying thank you, and showing them that what they're sharing from their heart touches your heart too. I think that serves both ends of the um, equation. You know, it's hard. We all have egos, but at the same time, we're all humble too. And it's something that has to get used that you have to get used to. But um, actually, you you have helped me tremendously in understanding that it's nice to have nice things said about you. But when you understand that that, that people are sharing this from their heart. And that the best thing you can do in return is acknowledge that and thank them for it. That outlook has helped me tremendously in being able to accept that. 
And I hope the Scaling Up Nation doesn't get me wrong. I absolutely love those moments. In fact, you and I were talking in Vancouver, and there was some young lady that came up and said, can I get a picture with both of you? Yes. <laughs> and and, and I, I don't even know who that was because she got a picture and left. But uh, but yes. it's, it's just that amazing so when people want, yeah, they want to take selfies, uh, uh, they want autographs, uh, or just just to say thank you. And and I want to say thank you to to all the people that have, have done that to James and I. We, uh, we really appreciate it. Sometimes uh, when we're trying to find the time to work on all this stuff, it's little things like that that gives us that extra motivation. Oh, you're so right about that. There are times where, you, you know, everyone has their low spots. I don't have many, but, but when I do, thinking back on those things fuel inspiration at times. So thank you. As you can tell, James and I have a lot of fun when we get together. We spoke and I did not want to expose all of the fun to you in just one week. So next week, we will have the conclusion of this interview. And as we mentioned on this interview, we are doing a new periodic water with James. So here is the brand new segment, Periodic Water with James. Hello and welcome to the Periodic Water Table with James, where we think and learn about water chemistry drop by drop. Please use your week to search online, ask your colleagues, or even pick up a book to learn more about each week's periodic water table topic. If you do, at the end of the year, you'll be 52 water chemistry smarter. So let's raise the water table of knowledge together and get started. Today's topic is... DBNPA. What is DBNPA? What is its full molecular name? What is DBNPA used for? What is its method of action to do what it does? What is the optimal pH range for DBNPA? What are typical use concentrations? What is it effective against? How long does DBNPA take to be effective? What could make it ineffective in one system, but effective in another? Remember, knowledge is power, and taking the time to learn more about water chemistry each week will help make you a force to be reckoned with. Be sure to post what you learn to social media and tag it with hashtag WaterTable23 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O. I look forward to learning more from you. Well, James, as always, thank you for all that you do on the Scaling Up H2O podcast. And Nation, I know you cannot wait for next week because that is when James McDonald is coming back to the Scaling Up H2O podcast, and we are going to conclude this interview. Nation, it's a brand new year. I hope you are as excited about it as I am. Something that we do in the Rising Tide Mastermind is exactly what I spoke about in the very beginning of this show, and it's we take stock of what happened last year, and then we start planning this current year. I'm hoping that you do that as well, but I will say there are so many people that need a tribe of people to help them get to the next level, and that's the whole reason 
that I have created the Rising Tide Mastermind. And the Rising Tide Mastermind, we have over six groups now. Well, we have six groups with a waiting list for number seven. It has just been fantastic to see how well the water treatment community has accepted the mastermind concept. And if you are thinking that this is the year that you want to work on you, this is the year that you want to become part of a tribe. This is the year that you want to have a personal board of directors and you want to be on somebody else's personal board of directors, then perhaps you should go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind and learn about the Rising Tide Mastermind to see if this mastermind is right for you. Now, it's not the only mastermind out there. There are so many masterminds out there. If this is not the right one, I encourage you to find one that is right for you. The simple fact is life is too short to do it alone, and it is a lot less fun when you try. So do it with other people, have more fun, look into the Rising Tide Mastermind, scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind. Nation, I can't wait to bring you James next week and a brand new episode. Until then, stay safe and have a great week. Scaling Up Nation, so many people that I talk to want to join the Rising Tide Mastermind, but they're concerned about being able to commit one hour a week for the mastermind calls. Folks, I have to tell you, when you experience that hour, you realize that that is the power hour that changes every other hour that you will experience that week. If we keep doing the same things, we will keep doing the same results. And that one hour a week allows you to get out of the day-to-day so you can work on your day-to-day. Do something different find out about the Rising Tide Mastermind by going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind.